All right, let's pray for the word. Father, tonight, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is the word, and we believe you. I thank you that you took the time to work through those individuals to write all those words that we might know them and live by them because it is the living word. So tonight, my prayer is that, that in this room, there would be a spirit of revelation and knowledge of you that comes from your word. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We honor you this evening. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask you a question to start with. Do you love the Lord? Y'all think it's a trick question. Well, it might be. Hold on. (laughs) It's a very important question, right? Do you love the Lord? That's what Jesus asked Peter. Do you love me? Listen to this verse of Scripture. This is in John 14, 21. Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He didn't say those that have that warm, fuzzy feeling. He said, those that have and keep my commandments are the ones that love me. And he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. What we want is a manifestation of Jesus. We want Jesus. We want people to see him. We want people to know him. We want him to be lifted up and people to know who he is. We want them to see him because he's manifested. Well, he said that he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. So it's not, it didn't have anything to do with like a warm feeling. Now beginning next time when we come together, that's two weeks from tonight, we're going to begin looking at that passage in a great deal. And so uh, we're going to see this. But he said, he, you have to have my, he said, he, ha, he that hath my commandments, has my commandments. Well, what are the, what are the commandments? The commandment is the word. He said, he that has my word. The word have here means to possess. He that possesses my word. Now that's an interesting thought, to possess it, to take it to you. You can't possess something if you don't know anything about it. You've got to possess it. And then he said, not just, not just possessing it, but keeping them, keeping his word. That means to keep your eyes on it, to, to, to guard over it in your life. No matter what else is vying for your attention, you you have and you keep your attention on the Word of God. Now, I realize that's a tough thing to do if you have a job or if you're doing all kinds of other things, but our, the, 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 the test of our love for Jesus is do we have and keep His Word? That's what He said. I mean, having it and keeping it. Anybody in the world can say, I love the Lord. I mean, I've had people say that to me, you know, that I've gone to visit in jail, and they're saying, well... I love the Lord, and they do, but they didn't. They weren't acting like they loved Him the night they got arrested. Or, uh, you know, I, I love the Lord, but none of this stuff works. You can say you love the Lord, but the proof is, what do you do with His Word? What do you do with the Word? That, that's the proof of it. I mean, you can you can say say you think you love Him because your emotions tell you that you love Him. I know people who get married and they have warm, fuzzy emotions for the first little while they're married. And when the warm, fuzzy emotions are gone, then they're not married anymore. So the, the emotions is not proof of love. It's, it's not anything. It doesn't have anything to do with love most of the time. Most of the time it has to do with lust when, 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 you know, when people are saying that type of thing. You can think you're in love with him because your mind thinks, well, it's logical. Of course I love him. I am a Texan. I mean, we Texans love God. We love Jesus. 
Or, or, well, I am a Baptist after all. I mean, surely he knows I love him. I mean, I'm a Baptist or a Catholic or a Methodist or, 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 or because I'm an American. That's not, that, that's not an indication whether we love God. The only proof we love Jesus is our relationship with the Word. He is the Word, by the way, and so it's a relationship with Him. But, but that, that's the proof of it. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 5, says, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. That's, that's pretty powerful stuff. Perfected means completed, accomplished, consummated. The key is keeping the word. Keeping the word. Standing guard over the word. I mean, keeping your eyes on the word. I mean, the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. The only way to be free of fear is, and fear has torment, the only way to be free of fear is to keep the word, to love Jesus. Keeping the word. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I mean, you've heard that verse lots of times. Do you know what the longest chapter in the Bible is? Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's a long old psalm. And you know what it's about? The Word. It is almost completely about the Word. I mean, it's, 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 each section is divided according to the, the Hebrew alphabet, but it is every section is about the Word. It's about the Word. That tells me something. If the longest chapter in the Bible is about the Word, maybe it's important. Maybe we should spend more time than we do now in the Bible. I mean, it's about the Word of God. Loving the Word is a primary indication of loving God of loving Jesus. When I fell in love with Jesus in 1973, I fell in love with the Word like never before. I mean, it was almost, I had this insatiable appetite for the Word, to read it, to hear it taught. I mean, it just was, I just wanted the Word of God. I just wanted to find out because I knew that that that, that, that was synonymous with Him was His Word. I mean, Man, you, just, you love it, you meditate in it. I mean, if you've got a letter from someone and say they're overseas and, and, and some, the person you love more than anybody in the world and somebody sent you a letter that you love more than anybody else, what would you do with that letter? Casually glance at it once a month, maybe? Or once a week? No, you'd read it all the time. You, you would think about it all the time. Read it over and over again. I mean, we should cherish the Word of God because we love Him. I mean, we should cherish it. The Word of God is not just for preachers. It's not just for, for people who are giving, uh, you know, little, little devotions. The Word of God, every one of us ought to love it. The Bible says in 1 John 4.10, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The reality is He loved us first. He loves us. And this, this relationship we have with Him, it just seems impossible, doesn't it? It seems impossible to think that, that God loves us and that we can love Him. I mean, I, I think about that. In the natural, most of us are just not that lovable. Now, when you were a baby, I'm sure you were lovable, and you probably are now. And it's also impossible for me to have the kind of love that I'm supposed to have for Him. So all this is, is, is miraculous that we're talking about. We need to be people that love God. Jesus said in Mark 9, 22, he said in 23, remember they had the guy, the kid that had the, the demon and Jesus was up on the mountain and they, 
he talked with Moses and Elijah, and they come down the mountain, and the disciples trying to cast a demon out of a guy, and they couldn't do it. And so the guy comes, and, and Jesus comes, and the demon throws the kid down and starts manifesting, you know. And, and the guy says to Jesus, the dad says, of the kid, he says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Another translation says it this way. The guy says, if you can do anything, help us. And Jesus said, if I can, if you can believe, all things are possible. So all this impossible stuff about me being able to love him right and him loving me, I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible, but it's with God, it's absolutely possible. Okay, so I'm going to talk tonight a little bit about that. Okay, uh, God has called the church to revival in this time, right? I mean, we believe that God is calling us to revival. We believe we're seeing signs of it everywhere. It hasn't just broken out like I want it to yet, but I believe it's God. we're doing it in God's time, not mine. But it, it looks totally impossible. And it's not about if God can do something. It's about if we can believe His promise. If we can believe what He's called us to, uh, believe what he's assigned us to. It's not about him doing, God wants revival. You realize that, right? You know that God wants people to come to him. He wants an outbreak of the spirit. He wants an invasion from heaven to come to the earth, but it's going to take, it's going to have to be miraculous. And for us, we have to believe him that he wants to bring a miracle. He wants to bring revival. And we're called to be a part of that and embedded in his supernatural promise is the supernatural power to accomplish it. Embedded in the Word is supernatural power. Embedded in the assignment is His supernatural power to bless us, enable us to do what we're supposed to do, to cause that to happen. So the key to releasing God's supernatural power is simply believing Him. Amen. I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again right now. I was in Mexico one time. We were in a little town called Saltillo, Mexico. We were in the town square. We're having lunch. We're having these fabulous goat tacos in this little restaurant called Tacos Pastor. And it has to do with not a pastor, but it has to do with a shepherd. And they're tacos of the shepherd. And so we're having these goat tacos. And I'm sitting there with this guy who's my interpreter. And uh, we're, we're having a nice lunch. And two other guys were with us, or three other guys, can't remember. And the Holy Spirit said to me, while, we're having, while, the, while, while I took a bite, he said, go now. Now is the time to preach. And I said, okay. And so I got the interpreter. I said, come with me. And so we went out of the restaurant, went around behind the restaurant to the square of the town. And I got up on this brick wall that was about this high. And I stood there and he stood with me. And I began to preach. There are people milling around all over because it's in the middle of the day and they're there for lunch. And I began to preach about Jesus. I, be, and I, I mean, here I am. I, I'm just this, this young white preacher out there. And I began to preach to these people. And the Lord gave me a sentence to say. <laughs> and I said, if you are sick, Jesus, two or three said, Jesus will heal you. And if he won't heal you, then I'm a liar. And the interpreter looked at me. <laughs> and I said, say it. And the anointing is present. And he said it. And this little man came up to me on a cane, he could barely walk, came up to me and he said, will he heal me? And I said, yes, sir. We prayed for him 
He started stomping that leg that was hurt, started jumping up and down, threw the cane down, and began to celebrate because Jesus healed him. Because embedded in the word that he gave me was the power to heal that guy. It wasn't me. I mean, it, was, I mean, it felt like, uh, I didn't feel like I was Catherine Kuhlman or somebody or Benny Hinn. I just knew to get up now and go do it. The guy was healed. He threw the cane down. I still have the cane. He threw it down. Seven men, young men, were sitting on another brick wall over here. And I looked at them and I said, this same Jesus that just healed this man will forgive you of your sins if you'll make him your Lord. All seven of them gave their hearts to Jesus right then because the power was embedded in the Word. We simply have to hear Him and do what He says because the power is in the Word. I mean, we have an assignment to turn our city right side up with the power of God. We have an assignment in this nation to turn this nation to God. It is impossible, but if the mandate from God is for us, I'm not saying me, I'm saying us, because we're all believers. If that mandate's on us, we, we understand the power is in there. We just do what we're supposed to do. The assignment He gives to us, the word He speaks to us, whether it's for healing, for, for, for a financial miracle, for deliverance, for whatever it is they may need or I may need, it comes the same way, by me taking the word and simply believing that it's true. Amen. Let me take a drink. And then, doing what that word said, no matter how impossible it seems. Now, you can't get bloated up here and just say, okay, well, I'm going to pray for everybody that's sick. He may not lead you to everybody that's sick. But you've got to obey what, you've got to do what he said. All right, now I've said this before. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Isn't that interesting? Faith begins where the will of God is known. If I know that it's His will for me to go around the corner and begin preaching now, I have faith for it because I know that's His will. Does that make sense? I can believe anything that I know is His will. I know the Bible is His will. Do you know that? Whatever it says, the way I had faith to be born again was because I knew the will of God regarding that issue that I needed to make Jesus the Lord of my Savior and my Savior. Okay? So faith is a prerequisite for the miraculous, and knowing the will of God is basically the prerequisite for faith. Faith is not blindness. We're, well, we'll just receive by faith. We can't, we, you know, we, we don't know. No, 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 no. Faith is being sold out to something. You can't be sold out to something you don't know. But you can be sold out to God's Word, and that's how faith is exercised. Faith begins when I know His will. If you know that something is His will, you can, if you, if you, you can be assured of it. If you don't know, you can only hope that maybe God will help you. And I've been there many times, by the way. And he has helped me a lot of times. But he also has said, I didn't send you over there. So this is on you. He didn't talk that way, but you understand what I mean. Okay? So I need to know that. Serving God is more than a matter of trial and error. 
many Christians think, well, we'll just try it, and we'll just try it. Well, that happened to Paul one time, remember? He was going ahead, he had his evangelistic group with him, and they tried to go here, and the Lord said no. They tried to go here, and the Lord said no. They tried to go there, the Lord said no. And finally, the Lord said, I want you to go here. They got to Philippi, you know the story, they got thrown in jail, midnight the earthquake came and the guy got saved. Because he saw a man calling for help from there. Okay? But if you know it's the will of God, you have all kinds of faith and all kinds of confidence. Not anything wrong with trying this to see if God's in it, trying that or trying that. But understand if God's not in it, he'll tell you pretty quick. Okay? We understand the word, I just read the scripture, is a lamp and a light. So Christianity is not about serving God in darkness. The path should be illuminated because we have His Word. We should be following Him. We have His Word. For most Christians, the only way they know anything is because they've done it wrong more times than they can count. I mean, you've heard the story about the guy, the young man who's working for a boss and, and uh, he made a bad decision and the boss said, said, you know, son, you just need wisdom. And the boss, he says, oh, okay, okay, okay. How do I get wisdom? Make a lot of bad decisions. You'll find out what wisdom is. Well, that doesn't have to be the way it is. We can be led by the Spirit to know what we're supposed to do. All right? The only way. We just need to understand. The Word is the lamp. We don't need to be bumping our heads all the time because it's too dark for us to see. Okay? I've said this many times also. The way to know His will is to know His book and to know the author of that book. That's how we know His will. The Word and the Holy Spirit. This is what I know. The voice of the Holy Spirit is always the same as the voice in the Bible. He will lead you because He will never disagree with the Bible. If we take time in His Word and in prayer, especially praying in the Spirit, you will know how to hear the voice of God. I mean, once you begin to realize His voice... And you have this voice of the Holy Spirit, and that is the wisdom of God to take you where you're supposed to be. The scripture says in John, 1 John, verse 5, verses 14 and 15, And this is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. The way we, we understand, if we know anything that's according to His will, He hears us. And He gives us that petition if we know that it's His will. So today, I'm going to look at a subject I started thinking about last time we met that Tom talked about trust and faith. And I mean, that just lit me up for, for a little while. I mean, we have to, we know, we know this. Once we know His will and we've prayed and are standing in faith, we must be, step out and do what we're supposed to do. And, and let the power of God flow through His own Word. So I'm going to talk about trusting God for just a little bit here. Isaiah 26.3, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust. Trust. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. The word stayed here, his mind is stayed on thee, means to prop, to lean on, to take hold. When your mind is propped or supported by His Word and you're not controlled by the fear and the worry outside of you, that is being stayed. 
when you're confident in what God says, when your mind is leaning on, putting weight on His Word, not valuing the words of contradiction, when your mind takes hold of the promise and lets go of everything else, that is being stayed. Making sure you stay with the Word. It says here that trusteth in Him. The word trusteth here means to go quickly for refuge, to be confident or sure. We need to be quick to trust God more than we trust the circumstances. We need to be quick to trust God more than the naysayers who say, well, I tried that once and it didn't work. Well, I believed for healing one time and I died. No, they, don't, they can't say that. <laughs> I tried, but it didn't work. I, what did God say? And that, that, that's when you trust Him, is to believe in Him. You trust, when you trust the Lord, you're confident in His Word and you're sure that He will do what He said He will do with no back door. When I got up there in that brick wall that particular day and I said those words, I could have stopped the interpreter from saying anything. Let me, let me rephrase that. No, no, I didn't though because the Lord gave it to me and He said it and when He said it, there was no going back. Sometimes we just need to do that. Just give ourselves no way out when I know what God told me to do. Well, I think God told me. I'm pretty sure, I think. Well, yeah, well, maybe just kind of sure. We need to know, did God say it or did He not say it? It says we trust Him. That He, that he brings this perfect peace. The Hebrew words there are shalom, shalom. Shalom means completeness, wholeness. It's talking about complete, completeness. Jewish people, when they greet one another on the street, they say shalom. And it's basically a question. Is anything missing? Anything broken? Is it complete? And they say shalom. Yes, it's complete. There's nothing missing from it. It's complete. This is a double shalom. Shalom, shalom. Absolutely, completely Nothing missing, nothing broken. Now, did you hear the verse? Thou wilt keep him in shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I mean, man, this is, this is saying that he now brings the power of shalom and puts it in my life. Whatever is needed to complete what he's called me to do. Trust is closely associated with faith, which is what we said last week. And there's, there's no such thing as faith without trust. No such thing as trust without faith. They go hand in hand with one another. Trust. Trust is being able to put all your weight upon Him without fear giving, of Him giving way beneath you. God is not cruel. And like we used to do when we were kids, when they would lean on us, we'd jump out of the way so they'd fall. God didn't go do that to you. Hebrews chapter 3, 13 verse 5 from the Amplified. He, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. That literally is how it says it in the Greek. I will not, I will not, I will not. God emphasizes. And then at the end, assuredly not, four times he said, I will not 
I will not let you lean on me and then let you fall. Trust is what we're talking about. Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know the last half? Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Blessed. Now, what does that mean? A new car? A nice house? No, no. The word blessed means to cause to rise to the highest place. It's talking about being seated in the highest place. God will bring us high, bring us to the highest place. And we say, bless your name, O Lord. We're saying, Lord, I want your name to be the highest name in me. I want to be higher than anything else. God can take us because there's supernatural power in his word that enables us to come to the place where we live in that kind of blessing. There's supernatural power that causes us to rise to the highest place of success when we trust in the Lord. The Amplified says it this way, O taste and see that the Lord our God is good, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied, is the man who trusts and takes refuge in Him. When we just trust Him, just trust Him. That sounds impossible, doesn't it? Oh yeah, we just read the verse that all things are possible with God. My job is to believe Him. Psalm 2 verse 12, Blessed are they that put their trust in Him. Blessed are all, not, not just some of them, all they that put their trust in Him. All means all in, in, the, in the Hebrew. It says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in Thee. In Psalm 84, verse 12. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. As we trust Him, the blessing of God is released into our lives and that power in that word that he's spoken to us causes us to rise up to the highest place in that, in, in that word. So here's the question. How do we develop trust in the Lord? How do we do that? The only way you can trust someone is to spend time with them. That's really it. I mean, you may think you can trust a certain politician, but on the deepest inside of you, you don't know that until you spend time with them. When you spend time with them, you, 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 you have a trust. Trust comes through relationship. We trust him as we have relationship with him. I mean, you don't know someone and place your trust in him. If you don't know them, you might be disappointed. If you went over to somebody tonight and you said, Oh, I know Randy. He will come and mow your yard for free. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. That means you don't know me very much. Because <laughs> that probably isn't going to happen. Yeah, but what, what if, well, wouldn't you do it for me? Probably not, because you don't know me very well. <laughs> trust is when you know someone. You trust them. You trust them. There are some people you trust. And you know if they say they're going to do it, they're not. So you can't trust. You trust that you know they can't, they're not going to do it. But hopefully we have relationships built on trust that when they say I'll be there at 10, they'll be there at 10. They'll do what they say they will do. We develop trust by spending time with someone. I mean, you know, like the, like, like the girl who found the guy online and she trusted the Internet. And, uh, you know, she read in his biography that, that, that he, is, he has been stably located in his community for the last 20 years. 
What he left out was that his community was a state prison. <laughs> you can't trust them if you've not spent time with them, if you don't know them. I mean, that, that's just the kind of thing that happens. I mean, trust comes through an established relationship with the other one. If we trust him, it comes through a relationship with him. And many people, they, 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 they kind of know God. They kind of know him. And so they're basically hoping, wishing, wishing. I just wish. They say, you know, when they're at church with you and me, they say, well, I believe that God is going to do this. But on the inside, they're really, I, I'm hoping he does. I really hope he does because I'll look stupid if he doesn't now. And they turned it about them. Because they, they have this sort of verse in their mind. Well, you know, all things work together for good. That's a part of a verse, and that isn't what that verse meant. The Scripture says all things work together for good to those that love God and to the called according to His purpose. It has to do with a relationship with God because you don't do those things that you know aren't going to work in that relationship. God's not going to lead you to slap your wife. He's not going to lead you to run red lights. He doesn't lead you that way. How come you're, how come you're hitting him? I don't understand this one. Anyway, he doesn't lead you to those things. All things, all things work together for good to those that love God and call according to his purpose. People are just hoping and praying that God will heal Uncle Mikey. Hoping and praying that the money will come in so they can pay their income taxes. Hoping and praying. And you can see where the government sweeps in now. Provides the money for the income taxes. What happens now? God is now the government. We have to understand that that's what they want to do all along. People are disappointed when, when, when what they thought was God and God's will didn't come to pass. Most of the time, that's just assuming something. A hoping and a praying something. I mean, we need to understand we, we, can't, we can't believe for anything that's not His will, and we'll never manipulate Him into doing something that's against His will. If you ever try to convince God of something? Well, I, I really thought it was okay, God, because... He knows your every thought. He knew what you were thinking before you made the statement. Nobody's going to go to heaven and stand before God and say, well, I thought. He knows what you thought. There's no need to even say it. He knows what you thought. I don't know if I'm getting off on that. We've got to trust Him. If you really know God, you can trust Him. He never changes. He's always the same. His Word never changes. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths the blessing of the Lord is in the path that he leads you to he takes you to but it takes trust to get there I've discovered as I told you my story earlier that God will often lead you to places you never dreamed of going and when he tells you to go there you don't want to go not every time. Sometimes you want to go. But he, I'm telling you, there will never come a day in your life, no matter how old you are, that you don't walk by faith. 
Because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. That we walk by faith and not by sight. We're just going to have to do what he tells us to do. If you really know him, you can trust him. The blessing of the Lord is on his path. The scripture says in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Isn't this fun so far? I didn't hear any amens. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That's what trusting in the Lord is. Understanding that. I can cast my care because he cares for me. Casting, the word casting here, the, the Greek is, 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 a com, is a compound word of epi and ripto, and it means to hurl, to throw with force something on something else. To throw it away. It says we're supposed to take our cares and we're supposed to thrust them on him. The only time that word is used in the New Testament is in Luke chapter 19, 35. It says they brought to him Jesus a colt and they cast their garments. They threw their garments upon the colt and they set Jesus thereupon. To cast. To cast in that verse is the same thing. I mean, it, it is... It is it's a, it's, the word is used in secular literature as a picture of violent flinging of a garment, a bag, excess weight off the shoulders of a traveler and onto a donkey, a camel, or a horse. That's what that word is talking about. We're not designed to carry the burden. We're not designed to carry worry, fretting, or anxiety. The word care in that verse meant anxious thoughts. We're not to carry them. We don't have, we're not to care. We can't do that. Eventually, they break you. I mean, it's too much. We can't handle it. Even, even the stress of things, our human being, our human body can't handle it. It causes nervous breakdown, causes blood pressure problems, causes all kinds of things. We can't have it. Jesus and your shoulders simply aren't big enough to carry all these burdens. Please, let me be the beast of your burden. Take, and I'll take that load and, are uh, once you fling it on me, I'll carry it on my back instead of you. When it says he cares, the word cares means up before anxiety or anxious thoughts. When it says he careth for me, it means to be concerned, thoughtful, to be interested in, to be aware of, to notice, to give meticulous and painful attention. Jesus cares for us, not in that he's worried about us, but, but in that he's thoughtful about us. He's, he's concerned about us. I mean, he cares for anything that's heavy in our hearts. We have to give it to him. He will give meticulous attention to what's happening to us and will give grace as a result. If we'll throw the care, He gives us grace or favor because we're not designed to carry it. If we say that we trust Him, then quitting is never an option. If we trust Him. If we quit, that means we're saying the load is too big for us and we don't trust Him to carry it for us. We can't quit. We gave it to him. Sometimes you've got to give it to him every day because somehow you took it back over the night. But you've got to give it to him. You've got to give it to him. If we quit, we've not cast our care on him. Now, there are some things we do quit. We quit worrying. We quit uh, carrying it around ourselves. We quit being proud and give it to the only one who can take it from us. But we have to, we have to believe him. And so we have to trust him. We have to trust him. When we begin to trust him, then God begins to trust us and he begins to give us more to do give us more to accomplish because we've said that we'll that, that his money i mean that his that his call on us is important i love the scripture when the lord goes to ananias 
the, the disciple in Damascus and says to Ananias, he said, Ananias, I need you to go lay hands on that guy named Paul, Saul because I met him in the way and I told him that you were going to come by and pray for him. And, and God didn't say, well, let me, well, Paul, let me go ask Ananias to make sure that he'll come. No, God trusted him. Why? Because Ananias trusted God. And Ananias tried to talk God out of him. He said, wait a minute, you remember he's that guy? And the Lord said, well, I already told him you're coming, so I guess you need to be on your way. So he did. I want to be that person. I want to be that. If we're going to see revival in our nation, in our state, our city, we're going to have to begin by trusting God. You can read the news every day and it will frustrate you if you don't trust God. The Bible says that he's laughing at them. He's already taken, he's already got control of it if we'll release that into our system. People often get romantic about following God and trusting him and they think, well, you know, if I just had the kind of faith that, that uh, uh, Oral Roberts had, I could do something for God. You do have that kind of faith. Every one of us in this room have that kind of faith. We need to trust God. Well, you know, if, if, if I was just the preacher, I'd, I'd have more faith. No, being a preacher doesn't give you more faith. I just want to tell you that for sure. Just because you're the pastor of a church doesn't mean you have more faith than anybody else does. It just means you're one person who's working on it like all the other people. I mean, it's amazing. You, you stand and you talk and, and people think you really know something when really and truly you're just talking about what God said. And you know it because you spend time with it. A lot of preachers do it because it's their job. And they might not if they didn't have that job. But we still have to trust Him. Different circumstances won't make us trust Him more. We've got to fight the flesh, die to ourselves, believe what He said, and go do what He said. Whatever He tells us to do. I know, I know people say, well, you know, I'll start tithing when I make more money. Well, that's a lie. If you're not tithing now, you won't tithe when you have more money. I mean, that, that just won't happen. Trusting God requires us to do whatever He says, knowing that He will keep His Word. Faith comes from the Word. Trust comes from this relationship. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Once you know His will, you must trust Him to keep His promise. Amen? Let's pray. Father, tonight... I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. We can lean on you. We believe you. Thank you, Father, that even when things haven't worked in the past the way we thought they would, that does not negate our trust for you tonight. We can't see everything as you can. And maybe it didn't seem like it worked, but you know why, you know all that stuff. Our job is simply to trust you now and to keep walking by faith with you. Father, we thank you and we honor you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.